This podcast was prepared by Ashley and Martell in their personal capacity. The opinions expressed in this show are the host's own and do not reflect the views of any of their personal affiliations. After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House and denying President Trump a second term. We're able to make this projection because CNN projects Biden wins Pennsylvania, the former vice president, in his third run for the highest office, pulling off a rare defeat of a sitting commander-in-chief. With this victory, Kamala Harris is set to become the first woman and the first person of color to be the vice president. Again, CNN projects Joe Biden will become the 46th president of the United States. And Jake, he is now president-elect Joe Biden. Hey. Hey. President-elect Joe Biden. President-elect Joe yeah, Biden. Shout out to PA. Shout out to PA. Also, as I listened to that, I thought about like, well, third time's a charm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, since this That's was uh, Joe Biden's third uh, run for the highest office in the land. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, despite, you know, what... The other side wants to accept um, we will have a 46th president in this here United States of America. As I like to mm-hmm. say, shout out to having a president that we can scream at and he will respond and listen. Right. <laughs> and not send uh, militia to your front door. <laughs> Man. Sorry, hey, you messed up out here. Like super, super, super crazy what we've been dealing with over the past four years. Um, So cheers, I guess we could say to um, potentially having a little bit of normalcy. But of Mm -hmm. course we got to get to January and from now till January is going to be quite a time. Oh, it is. (laughs) It is very much. Um, but I wanted to make sure we, we intro to yeah. episode 19 of Black Political Millennials. Yeah. Uh, one year, one year in. And uh, I'm your co-host, Pierre DeFecto. Yes, and I am your other co-host, Ashley. And welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. You know, in a pandemic, it's so hard to make a consistent schedule because life happens. Mm-hmm. And um, Martel and I are both pretty um, actively involved in all of the different workings of politics in our region. So, you know, thanks to all of y'all who keep checking in, locking in, uh, listening to our episodes, our own personal commentary on, you know, our perspectives in this space of politics and being political however you may look at that so mm-hmm. i can't believe it's been a year yeah episode 19 and uh Man. what a we year it's been. what a year it's definitely been a crazy ass year i um um <clears throat> i uh i don't know i'm still blown from everything that's been happening this year from the beginning till now <clears throat> it's been crazy so um yeah, 2020's been wild. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the day that this was announced, because um, I guess we can talk about this on the episode, you know, as we catch up, because it's been so long. Our last episode was right before November 3rd, and the week after elections just felt like a whole year. So um, that the day that it was announced, you know, my job, Alliance for Police Accountability, we held the Every Vote Counts rally because we were prepared to protest to make sure that 
we were counting every single vote, you know, mm -hmm. being that we're in this pandemic and mail-in voting was such a controversial topic. And, you know, people wanted to create these headlines of voter fraud, despite, you know, all government spaces that are overseeing how our elections operate are stating this is the safest and most, you know, clear election you know we've yeah. had increased voter turnout um and so we had that that rally planned and it turned out amazing you know like there were over 500 people in attendance um mm -hmm. it was it was a, a day that we prepared to continue this fight but we were able to have a moment of celebration also living in a county that was a part of the decision making in pennsylvania flipping back to blue because election day and the morning after, I know we were all looking at our state like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so, you know, that day that they announced um, Joe Biden as the uh, president elect, it was, um, it was, it was a good day. It was a moment to celebrate, you know, a battle was won. We won a battle. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, the whole, you know, picture, we still got fights to, to be had, but um, getting Trump out of office has been the focus because that man is not stable to be in such a high um, office. We don't need that kind of mediocrity running us. Man, and it's not even just mediocrity, it's madness. You know madness. what I'm saying? Like this dude has, this dude has really just like desecrated the office, what it stands for, what it represents, the way you should carry yourself, the way you should treat people. Mm -hmm. Like he, you know what I mean? Just yep. he has just lowered the standard yep. he for everything government-wise and political-wise. And mm -hmm. you know, it's it's been a sad state, it's been an embarrassment, um, and it's been painful to watch and hurtful to see and dangerous to live through um, for a lot of different people. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see him take this L, even though he's not taking it gracefully and he once again continues to, to demean everything that trying to lobby for people to do unprecedented shit to get him to stay in office. And he has some people that are really blindly following all the stuff that he's saying, like it's truth, like it's fact, and it's wild as hell, you know, and it, it it's even more unreal when it comes from people that are like really adults, people that are experienced, <clears throat> people that have knowledge that are following along with this whole ruse. Um, that is really a sad state at that point mm -hmm. um, you know when people people that have, have been in in government for 50 plus years is really playing along with this charade yeah um yeah it's gonna be hard to trust certain people after this that are like moving like that yeah and i think what we can take from this year too is being appreciative of people showing their true colors because like um queen maya angelou said maya angelou said when people show you who they are believe them mm. no like it's just what it is and mm. that applies in all ways of life um and i think you know when we talk about our government you know the higher the office, the slower the change, I guess, in a sense of it directly affecting us. Um, but no matter what, no matter how slow it may be, the point is, is that it does affect us. So me, I'm thinking about a grandchild that I don't even, you know, can't even conceptualize yet because my only kid is one. Like, but that at the end of the day is what all this work is about and what we do this for, because it's about like, who's coming up after us? What is the legacy? What is the, you know, when people, when our kids ask us, what were you doing in 2020 when there was a pandemic? 
Granted, mm-hmm. I still think Bellamy's going to cuss us out about her first birthday party, but nobody got sick. Thank God, you know? <laughs> but, like, I think those are the questions that we, as the adults in this space right now, will have to answer to and be responsible for. And um, it's important that we all try to, I think at least it's important, because that's an opinion. I think it's important that we try to do and give our best. Like. Right. We we this country is what it is because of people who decided to stand up and make it that way, whether they were doing it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Mm. And so there's more of us who want to, you know, we all want to be okay. We all don't want to be okay at the expense of other people. There's not a majority of us, in my opinion, that want to be okay at the expense of other people. And so. Um, we can really reimagine this country and what it can offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I like the way that you that you put that. Um, we have to we have to imagine a different country. There are too many people living here um, that have not been able to thrive or survive based on how things have run here over the past 200 years, 300 years, however you want to count it, because everybody wants to count. Everybody starts the clock at different times, is what I've realized. But regardless of when you start the clock, there have been scores of people who have not survived based on the development and creation of this country. So we want to talk about history, Let's include that history, you know? Um, so I feel like this year has started to like be the change or like the turn of the corner. Um, well, yes, especially for our generation, I feel like because mm-hmm. we we weren't here when there was an uprising in the 60s, you know? Mm-hmm. We were not thought of. Nope. But for our generation, you know, you figure when, you know, shout out to social media for, you know, the creativity of folks bringing things to your attention. But, you know, we lived through 9-11. We lived through, um, what was it? Right before 9-11. Remember, remember everybody was scared about going into the year 2000. Like, and there was yeah, Y2K. Yeah, Y2K. And then uh there's something else that we that I, there was like a big thing after 9-11 maybe it was the war i don't know but it just in all the right. thing, yeah all the things that we've had to go through and experience oh the crash in 2009 like when we graduated from college mm-hmm. it was a horrible economy out here like it was it was bad mm-hmm. so you know we've lived through some things and i think 2020 has just man showed us a lot personally professionally um 2020 everybody wanted to talk about 2020 vision look we got some vision (laughs) i'll show you some shit i'll show you some things we we got a vision this year and whether it felt good or it didn't feel good it it came and um you know politically you know, there was a there was an awakening of some sort because also too, when you think about the numbers and folks who voted this year, like mm-hmm. on both sides, records were broken. Right. So, um, I think I the last time I looked at the percentage of numbers, we were over sixty percent of folks voting. So you know, it's still not a number that I would like to see. I would love to see this country at least voting at an eighty percent. You know, rate. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, that takes a lot of work. It does. Um, and uh, who was I talking to? It's so crazy. I was talking to like some like somebody who was old enough to be my parent, but they were saying, "Oh, I was talking to my stepmom." I was actually talking to mm-hmm. one of my parents. I was talking to my stepmom, and she was saying how when she was in elementary school, they said the Pledge of Allegiance at the start of every single class. Did you know oh, wow. that? That's what wow. I said. Every single class you had to say to put Every class. Is that wow. not brainwashing or not? Is that brainwashing? I think yeah. it sounds like it. So just yeah. think of that type of control from our parents to us. 
mm. like the Pledge of Allegiance. And she went to a Pittsburgh public school. She's a Shinley grad. Like, wow. mm-hmm. so you know, things change slowly. And I think the internet, that's a whole, we need to have a whole episode to talk about the internet and what type of parameters that need to be set on that thing. But um, there's just a lot of exposure and access to different types of information, even if it makes you stay inside your own bubble, which is why I think we've gotten to this, such a polar um, political environment right now. Right. And, um, that's how we got to think about how change happens as we try to engage people, I believe. You know, when we think about change, we've got to make people see a bigger picture of what we're dealing with as Americans, you know, because whether you want to admit that you're an American or not, you're living in this country, so you all kinds of in some American-ass shit, and it ain't mm-hmm. always nice, because it, it was built off some brutal-ass things. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's built off of abuse and blood and mm-hmm. and flesh and sacrifice and mm-hmm. whatever else. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't you can't turn a blind eye. It's funny how there's a certain sections of Americans that try to ignore what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you can't, you can't just be like, oh yeah, nah, this happened, but this don't count. No, all of it counts. It all counts. It does. I read this article that was talking about like, if what is, what has been happening here politically, you know, with Trump not wanting to concede after losing by over what, I think it's like 5 million votes. Like, Mm -hmm. He paused and he won't concede. And he was saying how if this happened in other countries, America would put like sanctions and stuff on them for Mm. trying to, you know, mess with a democratic system. Right. And so it's just so crazy to see this particular, you know, not crazy because I mean, they, they, this administration has consistently shown us that it can get worse, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, the way this administration is acting in regards to this transition of power that has just always been, you know, tradition, I guess, in this country, um, it's, it's really, really um, dangerous. And I don't Mm -hmm. think people understand how dangerous it is. It's kind of like we take advantage of, the democracy that we have as if it can't change. And I hope people realize that it can change. Um, and it's ha- it, we, there's other countries that don't operate with the little bit of, um, you know, organization in a way as this country does as fucked up too, as it can be at times. Like it's a it's a process that if we really took a hold of it as the people in this country we could see something different but there's an intention to not educate us on that part so mm-hmm. <clears throat> definitely and people want to silence people's optimism when it comes to like there's this whole thing about how great america can be right and people are always just like oh, america's so great and i'm like it's not but it can be you know, like all of the things, all of the components are here mm-hmm. for this country to be great. We have it all, mm-hmm. but it's about putting it together and making it work for everybody because it's not working for everybody, but it can. Yeah. So <clears throat> my hope is that through this election that people can see, because a lot of people are talking about the, the 74 million that voted for Trump, but I'm looking at the almost 80 million that voted for Biden. So that means there's 80 million people here in this country that want to see things get better. They want to see people treated fairly. They want to see people respected. They want to see lives valued. They want to see lives respected, you know? And and I try to be optimistic and look at that side of the coin, that there are more people that want to see this country be better, you know? And, and not think that it's, it's as good as it can be. No, it's not. It can be a lot better. And look, and here's a question that I have with that thought, you know, as we think about going from, you know, eight years of, of Obama and then four years of Trump, did we get those eight years of Obama to kind of 
reveal to us like here's a potential but it still ain't good enough and then get a trump to show exactly why that wasn't good enough so mm -hmm. then for this upcoming administration it's the time for us to really be pivotal in how we um react to our governing bodies you know at all yeah. levels because you know, even with us having our reasoning for starting this show to to make this conversation of politics a little bit more palatable um, for those of us who are really engaged in it, it's, you know, it's literally drastic differences from an Obama to a Trump administration. And so now we've got this Biden-Harris administration coming up. It, it speaks to a lot of things, you know, it's led by Biden, which is still the problematic side of America and feeling like we always need some old white man to be in leadership. But then we also have Kamala who physically presenting again, like an Obama administration, like, okay, we've got a black woman, um, a woman of color who is our vice president but still in that we've got to recognize that someone like kamala to get to where she's gotten has had to make some hard choices that we're not going to always agree with mm. and so um mm -hmm. with with that being who we have to work with how do we um stretch them the way like obama was stretched with uh the legalization of same-sex marriage under you know his administration mm -hmm. you know which old obama wasn't that wasn't something he pushed for but after people really advocated organized and got the changes that they needed um what does that look like for other issues that we need to address for this administration like if 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 with with and i hate to say minimal because it was a lot of work to get that done but with expanding that kind of organizing on a lot of different issues that we need to be um, addressed in this country, what does that look like for this upcoming administration that we have? Mm -hmm. um, I've been trying to watch to see who's, who is being placed in this administration. Um, I did see a post because there, there's a social media account right now for the transition into the Biden administration. I forget what it's called. I want to say it's called 40 transition 46 or 46 transitions. Yeah, I follow what I think that's I think it's uh, transition 46. Yep, yep, that's it. Transition 46. Look, I'm about to follow them now. I'm not following them on black political millennials. So I just did that. But, um, you know, they've been posting some things and I'm seeing women. But I ain't seeing enough black women still. I just want to put that out there. Or black men. I don't think I've seen, there's a one black woman or black presenting. I hate to just, you know, throw that out there, but Jalisa Renasso Pantalon, who will be the chief of staff to Dr. Jill Biden, um, is the only, is the black woman. Oh, yeah. And then, like you said, Cedric Richmond. I forgot about him. Mm -hmm. We will be senior advisor to the president and director of the White House Office of Public Engagement. And he's a congressman, was national co-chair of the Biden-Harris campaign, currently co-chair of the Biden-Harris transition team, and since 2011 has represented Louisiana's 2nd Congressional District in the United States House of Representatives. So that also made me think about, like, who's taking these seats? Are these Democratic districts? And you know what? He's the, he's the lone Democrat in Louisiana. So it's really important that they find somebody to, to a strong individual to replace him in that seat. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of, of Cedric Richmond. Um, I was, I was telling you before we started that I kind of got into it with this, with this Hotepian fake black news page on Instagram about Cedric Richmond. Um, and I ended up unfollowing them. I'm not even going to, Say the, the the page's name because they don't even deserve it. Mm -hmm. But unfollow Hotep News in 2020 and 2021. Get yeah. your get your real facts. There's real black news out there, and then there's Hotepian black news. But yeah. I appreciate um, Cedric Richmond and what he's been able to initiate. Um, and I, you know, suggest that people look up some of the legislation that he's proposed because um, it's important. 
And yeah. I think he's done some very he's done some very impactful things and proposed some very impactful resolutions, including um, a change to the Constitution, which would prohibit um, basically prohibit slavery and indentured servitude as crime and punishment. Which slavery still is illegal in, in these in these United States, y'all. Uh, but he was the one that that was sponsored, that prime sponsored that resolution to change that. So that's that's who Cedric Richmond is, you know. And, and nobody's perfect, and people fumble on certain things. And I think we have to get out of the the mindset that we think that every elected official was going to be spotless and perfect and amend and fix everything. That's not mm-hmm. the case because mm-hmm. one person can't do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I like Cedric Richmond, and we'll definitely pay attention to that um, Louisiana special election, and I'm sure will be coming up this year. Um, and like I said, I hope the Democratic Party gets a strong person in there. I would love to see a Black woman um, run for that, that special election seat in Louisiana. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we'll yeah. probably have to... Uh look into that too just so we can update y'all on what you know what that means you know as we talk about our you know legislators at all levels you know what that looks like in changing and maintaining um the representation that we have Mm -hmm. um because it's still not good enough um no and you know same with uh Kamala Harris's Senate seat, you know, she is the only black woman in the Senate, which then takes it down to only Cory Booker being the only black man in the Senate. Is he the only black senator? I feel like... I don't want to get false information, but I know we don't got a lot. I'm about to double check. I have a lot, because I feel like... Wait, is Jim Cloudborn a senator or representative? I'm, I'm having a a brain fart right now um because i can't recall if he's a um, yeah i'm looking it up right now um we've got three so tim scott cory booker and kamala harris let me see if there was and scott's republican too oh wait out there he sure is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Tim Scott's Republican. He's a black Republican. <laughs> Which, you know, we not going, we not going, you know, but right now, your party, bruh, you ain't bruh, I guess. Yeah. There's been a lot of black people leaving the Republican Party, though, too. I was on to mention that. Not, not all, but I know there have been some some black people that have definitely left the Republican Party over mm-hmm. the past like year and a half. Um, he was appointed by Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, I guess that probably will mean, Kam- I wonder if Kamala and Cedric's seats will be appointed first because it's, you know, out of election season or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, that's that. What else we got on here? So we basically talked about Kamala, Joe. Oh, this G20 summit. How's our president just like skipping out on meetings about the pandemic? Cause he don't care. Cause I ain't here no more. I lost. I'm going to go golf. Oh, for real. Yeah. He's a, he's always been a lame duck president. But he's really lame ducking it right now. I, he's basically just somebody that lives in the White House. I, I, as far as I feel, he's just a squatter in the White House. He's a squatter. You know what I'm saying? He's just a, a, a parasite in the White House, eating up all the food, right? Drinking up all the drinks, eating all the ice cream. On our dime. On our dime. Wasting toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? Keeping the lights on. He's doing all of this stuff that parents used to scream at their kids for doing. Keeping the refrigerator door open, keeping the freezer open, having the heat up too high before it's winter. He's doing all of that kind of nut shit. He's doing all of that. And it's costing us money. And um, we still got homeless people and hungry people in this country. Um, 
but that's another conversation. But yeah, he's a he's a lame duck president. He always has been a lame duck president, and now he's really showing it. And I don't understand how people could still blindly follow. It's a cult. This person. That's just what it is. It's, it's a definitely cult. a cult. It's a cult. And mm-hmm. ain't no way to make him pretty. It's a cult, and we're gonna have to uh, isolate them folks as best we can like that mm-hmm. the isolation of folks that are on his bandwagon just needs to happen and hopefully i encourage therapy you know everybody needs therapy but they need therapy and it, preferably you know they have a therapist that also isn't in the same space as them mm-hmm. um because that's a that's a sickness i just i can't even i don't even know like i ain't never appreciated a george bush ever so um so yeah um so i guess too as we were talking about those you know replacing a kamala harris and um cedric what's cedric's last name richard rich yeah uh replacing them we've got two runoffs in the state of georgia which shout out to stacy abrams was very imperative on increasing voter registration in that state which flipped georgia blue um they finished their recount and basically said uh nothing changed and um so now we have two senate races Uh, i should have pulled those up let me see Um, i have it somewhere because i i I pulled it up. You know, Google was real good with making the uh, results for um, the races. So it was the special election will be. Oh, wait, what is this? That's not what I wanted. He was trying to get the the names of the individuals. yeah, but it's a bunch of people. I know um, the one race is with Kelly Loeffler and... Um, Raphael Warnock? Yeah, Reverend uh, Raphael Warnock, uh, who's the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church. Okay. Um, and the other one is with uh, David Perdue, who's the incumbent, who I also have to say is the jerk-off that... Um, was butchering Kamala's name on purpose on tape. Mm. That's him. And he's running against John um, Ossoff. Um, I believe is how you say his last name. Uh, but those are the two runoffs that are happening in Georgia, which are like major. They're major. They're major because if we win those, we get a Senate majority, which means Mitch McConnell is no more, no more the Senate majority leader. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to look at the numbers in the race, though. Like, so if people know how many people. Um, oh, the runoff is January fifth, and she tested positive for COVID. Um, the one lady. Yeah, what's her name? Kelly Loeffler. Mm-hmm. Or low floor. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to get the results because them those numbers uh were very interesting. I guess it's not showing the same now that the numbers are all done because they had like multiple people in Georgia on the Senate race, and I didn't think that many people were ran. But mm-hmm. then that also makes sense on why it was, what is it, U.S. Senate? Oh, I got it. Um, so in the one race with David Perdue and John Ossoff, it was... There it is. Um, the Republican had the more votes. He had how many more? 2,400. The two million, I'm sorry, two million four hundred and sixty two thousand six hundred and seventeen versus two million three hundred and seventy four thousand five hundred and nineteen. And then um, the libertarian candidate had Shane Hazel had hundred and fifteen thousand thirty nine. Mm-hmm. So is that enough to change the outcome? 
Mm-hmm. And then what's the other one? Kelly Loeffler and Warnock. Warnock was up big. Yeah, Warnock is up. Um, 1,617. One million, yeah, yeah. And the other one's 1,273,000. So it's 30, Reverend Warnock has 32.9%. Kelly Loeffler, 25.9%. So that's a, 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 a larger difference than the other race. Yeah, and hopefully with other people that took some of the votes that were in the race. Yeah, there's a lot of people in that race. Yeah, so that's important, y'all. Donate, if you can, to those uh, runoff races mm-hmm. because we could use a flip of Senate majority right about now. Um and then that'll be major. That'll be so major. I gotta shout out Stacey Abrams one more time. Yeah. Uh, the amount of voters that they registered in Georgia and engaged all the young people um, that they engaged in Georgia. You know, finding out when people turn eighteen, knocking on people's doors, following up and checking up with young people. It's, it's 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 a it speaks to the genius and the power that Stacey Abrams has, um, and the Democratic Party should be thanking Stacey Abrams. They should be sending flowers and edible arrangements twice a week to her house. Um, and I feel like you know, people have said this, but she should be running a DNC, and I feel like she'd be excellent. Um, oh yeah, Stacy should get whatever role she wants. She get whatever she wants. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever role she wants, DNC, president of uh, cabinet, whatever. You know what I'm saying? She needs to. She needs to get that because she's actually showed and proved, you know, what she can do and what she can make happen in Georgia. It's turning that state blue. I feel it's the first time since the '70s, mm-hmm. like since Jimmy Carter, like. Come on now, that's that's major. Um, so I I think that people need to put all the amount of respect on her name. They could be put on somebody's name, um, and I just want to shout her out again because that's excellence right there. Um, that's excellence to make that happen. That's major. <sighs> yeah, shout out to black women mm-hmm. um, getting the job done. So, on to PA, you know, where it was a little, we had a bloodbath in PA outside of winning um, the the Democratic ticket for uh, president, as well as the Democratic ticket for our attorney general with Josh Shapiro. But in the auditor general race, uh, Nina Ahmad lost to the Republican Timothy DeFore, who is a black man. Um, I want to say he was an, the Auditor General in Dauphin County. He does have a good, I guess, reputation in regards to being a, a good uh, auditor. But um, okay. Nina was a woman of color. And mm-hmm. uh, she lost by about mm, 200,000 votes. Yeah. And then also for State Treasurer... Yep. That was also won by the Republicans, a woman named Stacey Garrity. Uh, so, you know, PA went two Dems, two Republicans, yeah. which, you know, uh, is is telling, to say the least. No question. Um, and then I'm trying to go down ballot, but this won't let me filter past our treasurer. I want to look at our state houses, but I know with Allegheny County, at least we could just talk about our county. Um, we took some L's. We took some L's, y'all. And uh, let me see, senators in the General Assembly. Uh, you know, we kept Senator Costa. He didn't have a Republican um, uh, challenger. What mm-hmm. is this, Jim Brewster? He, I guess he came out with a win. Shout out Yo. to the mail-in votes. Yo, shout out to the mail-in vote. Shout because it wasn't looking good for Brewster. I, I was scared for my man. A lot Brewster. of us were. I was scared for my man. So shout out, shout out to the mail-in votes. Shout out to them to that to them precincts and them people that was voting for Jim Brewster in Westmoreland County. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all. 
Um, we lost Pam Ivino. We lost Pam Ivino um, to Devlin Robinson. Yep. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm I'm disappointed about about that as well. That was that we was a, a major foothold to lose. It was, and we got to talk about organizing and campaigning because that is so important. You know, people mm -hmm. got to really understand what that look, how that works, and how that plays a big role. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the pandemic made it hard, but you know, this is life and death too. Um, and then what in our state house? uh so this district um some of them were easy we got wheatley we got emily kincaid um sarah and Murado had a challenger but she won that with a mm -hmm. huge majority um same with frankel um ganey didn't have a challenger uh what is this? Brandon Markosik was the dumb. He won, kept his seat. Mm -hmm. uh, Emily Skopov, who lost yep. her, her Democratic seat to um, Robert Mercury yeah. um, with a she was, running for, uh, she was running to take over Mike Terzai's seat, um, which was a major, once again, was another yeah. major. Oh, race. that's right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't win there. Lissa Geiger Shulman didn't win out in her district against Lori Mizgorski. Um, uh, DeLuca, he didn't have a challenger. Um, Dermody lost. Yeah, Dermody lost. Francis Dermody yeah, lost. Yeah. Yep. And he was a, um, he was a minority leader. Yep. To Carrie Dorasso. Um, you know, our girl Summer is in there. Austin is in there. And also shout out to Austin. What did he get picked as um, the Allegheny, Allegheny County, County Chair? The Allegheny County, uh, I forgot, was it the, the chair of the Allegheny County Representatives? Yeah, it's like that, they? their count, their regional. Yeah. yeah. So Austin, also yeah, shout out to Jess Benham. She... You know, yep. came out on top easily in her district race. Um, who else lost? Uh, uh, Sarah Summer lost. Oliphant. Mm -hmm. uh, who else? Also, I don't know these races. Um, a Sharon Guidi, Democrat that lost. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forget she lost her race too. Yeah, Dan Miller, Michelle Knoll. Um, we just lost a lot of Democratic seats and we couldn't afford that, you know. So we got to talk local. We got to talk state and what that looks like because the GOP and PA is problematic as hell. Yeah, they are. And They've done some flagrant stuff, man. Yeah, and what I also want to, you know, we mentioned before we got on this episode, like, you can't blame progressives for the losses that happened. Um, no. That's not, that's not the reason. And it's, it's also problematic because in a way it's victim blaming because it's not like, you know, progressives who are out fighting so that they're not being terrorized as they want to live their lives and are protesting against things that are harming them, you can't blame them for fighting for their lives. And that's the reason that you lost. Right. And you're trying to fault or shame people for speaking out about these things. I think the the thing that really kind of blew me um, was just like, I, I, I think that the, the deepest issue for me is how people were like it was hip and cool to have this rhetoric in the summer but in the fall i'm against all these things you know you know you had people that were at protests and people were at rallies and taking pictures and all these things and then all of a sudden now you lose your race or your or your race is a squeaker and you eke it out 
a race that you should have won by a landslide, but now it's the blame of the whole thing about defund police or about socialism and all these things. Like now you're blaming these things that were hot topics, hot hot takes, hot issues in the summer, and you want to be super woke and cautious and conscious and in the in crowd. And now it's full. The fall comes and it cools down, and now you're cool off all of these things. But yeah. the thing about it is, people are still dying. You yeah. know what I'm saying? People are still dying. People are still without health care. People still ain't got the unemployment. People are still homeless. People are still food insecure. You know what I'm saying? People are still being persecuted based on their sexual expression or identity, race, religion, or ethnicity. I don't know if I said ethnicity twice or not, but you feel what I'm saying? People are losing their lives, their livelihood off of these things, but it's not cool to say anymore because the protests aren't happening as frequently. Yeah. Like, this is people's lives. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you was, and, and it, it speaks to this, like this is people running a campaign versus people trying to save people's lives. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it was cool to say this stuff when you were just trying to win an election, but that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like people were saying they're the victim of this or they're the victim of that. But yo, you ain't no victim. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll, I'll tell you the names of some victims for real, for real. You ain't no victim because you was cool with with how this sounded in the summertime in June and July, but now in 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 uh, October and November, it's a different story. You know, um, that's a problem, and I think that speaks to to the divide and Democratic Party um, that really needs to be addressed. Because if not, then this this whole massacre thing is going to continue to happen. You won't keep you won't people keep on keep getting massacred. And they house races and they senate races and whatever other race because you can't have a can't be unified. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't create a platform that helps everybody in your party. You know? So there gotta be some discussions had. Yeah, I mean behind behind closed doors, but some discussions need to be had to strengthen this party. Yeah. It's struggling right now. It's struggling. And I know with the Democratic Party, you know, it is different because there are so many varying thoughts and opinions on what we believe in. But I think the point in all of those differences that we have is understanding that we have differences and making ways to respect those differences. And that is possible. You know, like, it is not necessary to step on anyone's freedoms as long as they're not harming someone to have a productive and effective um, way of life. Mm -hmm. So, you know? Yeah, so, man, do better, man. People got to do better. Like, that's what it comes down to. You know what I'm saying? Like, people's lives are at stake. Yeah. Not just seats. People's lives are at stake live uh, it ain't about your seat and we also exactly. get to a point where like you know when you do get into when you are elected and you sit in these seats with some power because you are in this elected role that you are there because of the people that elected you to be there and like folks got comfortable folks get comfortable and mm -hmm. that's not how this is supposed to work you need to be serving you are in these roles to serve people, talk to people, be about the people. It exactly. is the people that keep you there. And if you want the people to keep you there, you've got to serve and work for the people and be about the people at all. That's just what this is about. Like I, like I low key say, I wish that we had good elected officials that were always here serving for people. So I could mind my business and just worry about my people and my life and the folks around me, but mm -hmm. I can't. Because y'all don't want to do what y'all supposed to do. So y'all got us out here plotting on when and how we about to take over because that's just all there is to it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, so, there's nothing else. There's nothing else but <laughs> but that because, uh, like you said, I feel like a lot of people are complacent. A lot of people become complacent and they're a little bit of whatever because they stop thinking about everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And how this affects the greater the greater majority or you know what I mean the people in your community or your district. People don't even think about that no more. You know? People don't even think about that no more. For real, for real. They're definitely not. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. I feel like that's, yes, that's that. So we got a little bit of local. We got a little bit of local. A little bit of local news that came out. Yeah, I gotta say this real quick before we go to the local news. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say no names. I'm not gonna say no campaigns. But there was there was somebody that was running. They ran for uh, a house seat and lost their house seat. And I had met this person that was running for this seat and was really impressed by this individual in the conversation that I had. Um, months passed and this person reached out to me and a friend of mine uh, who's you know, also in politics to possibly help on their campaign. Um, you know, they asked for some insight on how to engage younger people and all these different things, right? And I had even suggested this person possibly coming on this podcast to have a discussion with us and to go from this person about to come on a Black Focal Millennial podcast and you know do all of this organizing and empowering of young people to be advocates and all these groups being formed to address racism and all this kind of stuff and then for this person to come to to lose their race you ain't gonna run every race but to lose their race and then to turn around and try to blame sloganeering or blame these slogans or blame this rhetoric because they're calling it for the reason that they lost was it made me feel away you know what i'm saying it was mad insulting because it's like you know what i'm saying you you was just in my in my in my uh email inbox trying to have conversations and you know what i mean would love to have a conversation with me about this or about that or how this organization this organization can help your campaign and then a couple couple months later now it's like oh this is the reason why i lost it's just like, yo, that was just a slap in the face. So was you really, really having this conversation with me for real? Or was this just like, oh, I just need to sound woke in this time right now and get all these people on my side, but I'm really not banging like that. Because you blaming like, us. Yo, so I just had to say that, man. So, you know, be careful with, you know what I'm saying, who wants to have conversations with you and how they can use you and your social capital is is their social capital to make them sound more connected or influenced or woke or whatever have you. And then when it don't go that way, they could just discard all of those thoughts and ideas and communications like it didn't happen. Uh, so like I said, I ain't gonna say no names, but uh, I definitely felt the way about that experience and seeing those those words said or hearing those words said, maybe feel the way. Um, so, you know, be careful, you know what I'm saying? Like on both sides of that, because that person probably not gonna be able to run for nothing again. I'm done. They're done. They're done, done. now. Um, and that's not the way to handle a loss, man. You take the loss gracefully, and you come back and fight in another two years. But you don't be out there blaming folks. So yeah, I just had to say that, man. Like you know, I'm glad we have him on this show. Honestly, you know what I'm saying? Because then we would have had to have him back on the show for them to explain themselves and what they meant by what they said. So. We ain't even got to do all that. So I'm glad it didn't work out. Um, and you know what I'm saying? They just be well on their way wherever they go. But uh, we're we're off of that, man. You're not going to be using us or our people or our message or our movement as no springboard or as no uh, yep. no, no Girl Scout badge. Yep. You know what I'm saying? To put on your little, your little, little whatever you call it, thing you put over your shoulders. Nah. Um, but yeah, that was it. I just had to say that real quick before we get to, to the local local news. Yeah, no, that's very valid and necessary. Um, you know, I think this local stuff that we we added on just because, um, you know, there's a lot of shit that always goes down locally. And, you know, when you run for, when you're in local office, there's also um, spaces where you got to make sure that you're not taking advantage of the role that you're in. Right. And so what's happening, there was an article that came out in the Pittsburgh current um, regarding city councilman Ricky Burgess. And um, basically the law department filed a brief 
stating that the city's home rule charter is unconstitutional and has no way to remove a member of council who violates its provisions, which mm. is interesting. Um, it's in response to a lawsuit challenging whether um, Ricky Burgess, who was reelected uh, last year to a fourth term on council, is legally allowed to serve as a councilman as well as working as a faculty member for CCAC, which is the Community College of Allegheny County. And ultimately, it's just a space of being an elected official, but also being paid from a government entity, such as a public community college. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got a lot of thoughts. So on one side, I feel like, you know, if it's the law, like it's the law. But I also think that um, the briefing that they used in here or that briefing, the precedence that they used in here was um, a former county councilman who was served as a councilman on for county and also was a professor at CCAC. Um, but the difference with that is being a county council person isn't a full-time job. It's barely part-time. So right. um, the comparison is different. Uh, but these are the things that, like, when you elected, like, you can't just be, you gotta, you gotta dot your I's and cross your T's. Right. That's, that's what this situation looks like to me. Yeah, it definitely looks like that. And also, I want to point out the fact that the city's lawyers said that the home rule charter was illegal because it went against the state constitution. It really opens up can of worms or pandora's box or whatever you want to call it because now what else inside this home rule charter is illegal or is unconstitutional mm -hmm. so it's like are you you decided to to throw the whole home rule charter under the bus to save an elected official right that's a that's a scary precedent especially when the city's lawyers are arguing that the home rule charter is illegal Mm -hmm. um so this is going to be interesting very interesting uh story for 2021 to see what happens yeah something's going to change something's going yeah, to change. and let's also point out that i think uh councilman burgess has been a tenured faculty member at ccac since 1991 so we we was barely touching kindergarten mm -hmm. when this started right right <laughs> right so and technically this 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 role for uh councilman burgess is probably the precedent of why the county council person didn't have much to say because county council wasn't formed until 2000. yep exactly so yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting it's, it's gonna be very interesting we're gonna pay attention to this because like because. i said let me be clear, no matter how you feel too about this particular council person, like it is a black man. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna we gonna be uh gonna say, yeah, because either the home rule charter is gonna change or the council person is gonna change. Mm -hmm. One of them's gonna have to change. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be interesting to see which one changes. But one yep. of them's gonna have to. Yep. And this is a long time of this happening, so I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's 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 how we do on this show until we wait to get down to the end to start talking some little tricky local stuff. I got something that I think I want to keep on hold, keep it on ice a little bit longer on some local stuff that's going on. But, you know, we're going to use that to hopefully keep y'all interested in what's going on um, around these parts, because people also don't recognize that in the state of Pennsylvania overall, like a part of our problems, I believe is that we have so we have too many chiefs, you know, we, we live in a state where there's so many jurisdictions. So that means a lot of people got something to say, which creates problems. Right. So um, we got some stuff that's on ice. And we'll keep y'all posted. I hope we kept this episode under an hour. I don't know if we did, but I hope we did. We'd be trying, but there'd be a lot yeah. to talk about. Yeah, we yeah, I mean it it was it's been a while since we since we spoke. So, you know what I mean? We had to we had to let the people know what was going on. Um, but we appreciate everybody that listened, that stayed on for the duration of this episode. You know what I mean? And listen, we had to say and research people 
in in elections and all that kind of stuff. But make sure you check us out, Black Political Millennials, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and you can send us that email at bpmpodcast412 at gmail.com. All right, y'all. Well, it's your girl, Ash. It's been a pleasure. Yo, and this is Pierre Defecto. Make sure you're wearing a mask and washing your damn hands yes. and all of that because it's still a pandemic out here, man. Be Stay safe, Stay home, be safe, and remember, it's bigger than you. Way bigger. All right, peace, y'all. All right, peace out.